This is the last episode of Tiny Huge Decisions Season 1. So it's also my last warning that if you're just joining us here, you should go back to Episode 1 and start from the beginning. You don't want to spoil the ending, do you? This is Tiny Huge Decisions Episode 8. What now? Dahlia is sitting across from her best friend, Mossin. She's just revealed that she won't be the surrogate for his baby. The room is filled with conflicting emotions. I do know, though, that I love you, and so I hope that our paths will continue to run alongside each other, to crisscross and to mingle, and that even though it's not through surrogacy, we do remain family. With love and to the future, the other Mossin. (laughs) I didn't interrupt. I didn't interrupt. I love you too. I just want to give you a hug. We'll do anything else. You haven't let me down. I think that's the most... So, you know, I love you. You haven't let me down. And... I'm really glad you wrote me that letter. And I'm getting emotional, not because of of what you've decided, actually, but because... um, I'm really glad you wrote me that letter because now I understand why you wanted to do it. You wanted to do it, as you said, towards the end because I've had to struggle and you wanted me to have to struggle less. Um, And I guess the honest truth is I don't have to struggle anymore. My life is actually wonderful, partly thanks to you thanks to what you did 19 years ago, but also thanks to the love that we have today. So the idea that you would be proceeding on the basis that you don't want me to struggle is actually uh, not quite right because everything is fine. Everything is more than fine. I have a wonderful husband. I have a wonderful family. I have you and other really good friends. And I'm safe and happy. So the idea that you would be doing it to try and alleviate some now mythical hurdle that I face would be the wrong reason to do it because that reason doesn't exist. But what have we been doing all this for then? You could have just told me that at the beginning. <laughs> this would have been a bit easier, you know? <laughs> I've actually felt quite emotional for the last few days. Have you? Just like thinking about it. Um, and I haven't up until now in this process at all, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so I think it was good. I think it forced me to like really think about things. Um, I feel okay, I think. Do you feel relieved? Um, not really. I feel a bit relieved. Do you? <laughs> yeah, because... So if I'm if I'm completely honest, we... So we saw each other at the weekend and it was with your husband and my husband and your daughter. And after we dropped you to the station, I said to Matthew, I couldn't think of a more perfect way of spending our last few days in London than to spend it just like that, just like we did. And then the thing I didn't say to him was that if, if we were to go on this journey together, this surrogacy journey, it could ruin that. I'm not going to say I didn't want you to say yes, but it's more that there is a definitely a part of me that's relieved because it just, 
it maintains our bond without that complexity that inevitably would have been introduced if we tried to do surrogacy together, particularly, as you said in your letter, with me being so far away. I mean, I ha- it's really funny. Like, I hadn't... When you said you were moving to the States, I didn't really think about that in terms of, like, what that meant yeah. for this thing. And then it was when we were talking, like, the other week about... And you were saying, you know, and you would just fly back. And, and then I just suddenly was like, no. Like, I don't think I can do that that way around. Like, that did just feel a bit, like, too much. Like, that would be too... T- I'm not saying that's the reason. Mm. I just mean, I think no. that's what helped me clarify, like, that I just didn't feel that it was right ready but also I loved what you said about your daughter because I mean unless I've misinterpreted the letter amongst everything you said one of the reasons that you feel you can't do it is because you want to be the best mother you can be to her and by being pregnant again not even for yourself but for somebody else you feel like that would be less likely to be the case and I know that that's like ultimately selfish, but I also think it's like, I don't, I don't, I just don't feel that that's a good way to go into something. As I said, like that should not be that, like that shouldn't be the starting point. But Dahlia, it's not selfish. You're not choosing yourself. You're choosing No, but your... I'm choosing the things in my life over yours. Okay, but that's okay. Like you're choosing your daughter. I guess what I'm trying to say is... That letter was probably one of the most beautiful gifts I've ever received. It was full of love and it was full of your heart. It was full of you, which is one of the reasons I love you so much. And the fact that it's not the outcome that benefits me, quote unquote, the most, doesn't detract from the fact that that letter this whole podcast all of these discussions have been an act of love and you know the fact that you're emotional now I, I, don't, I hate that but you've subjected yourself to all of this because you're trying to be the best version of a friend that you can be to me and I'll always love you for that but I do feel bad <laughs> But you shouldn't. Like, you really shouldn't. No, I don't want to say that to you, but I just mean, it's not, I don't feel bad about myself. I yeah. just feel like, you know, you said you're in a good place and you don't have to struggle. And that's true. But like, I don't want you to have to have like more complication in your life. It won't be complicated. Why? Because we aren't the first people doing it and it will be totally fine. It will. And you know what? I mean, I think it will be totally fine, actually. But... I am guilty of spending all of my time thinking about what comes next, thinking entirely about the future. But as I sit here looking at one of the people I love most in the world, getting really emotional, and given that the the lovely afternoon we had in the sunshine on Sunday with our families, I honestly, I just feel very grateful. Because, you know, you said in your letter, that thing that we did 19 years ago, like, I was broken. I was completely and utterly broken. And I never would have imagined that I could be sat here frictionless. I am overjoyed at the way that my life has turned out. And nothing that you have said in the last 30 minutes has changed that. And if anything, I love you more, not less.
And if you'd asked me an hour ago when I was rushing to get here, like how gratefully feeling, I probably wouldn't have even thought about it. But your letter has just stopped me in my tracks. I feel so grateful and I feel so lucky. Like how many people can say that they even have a friendship like ours? Genuinely. Not very many. The other thing I've been wondering about is like, yeah, you've said that you would maybe like it to be somebody you know, or even me or whatever. But the other thing I thought of, like, is there actually an advantage of it not being me? Of course. Of course there is. I mean, you know, nothing is absolute. There were, there were obviously advantages to it being you, but there are massive disadvantages too. Not least the emotional complexity. If things go right and if things go wrong. Like in some ways, it was when my friend Emily asked me that question, like, do, do you feel that you can say no? And I actually just thought, well, yeah, I do, because I don't, like, there's no one answer here that's no. like a good outcome. Like, it's not really a decision that is clear cut for no. either of us, for any of us involved. No, exactly. And that did, like, take it away from me of thinking, like, this is something that, like, hin- like everything hinges on. Did you talk to your husband about this? Yeah, of course. And what what was his... <laughs> I think like that's the thing like I think that's where we came to and that's what I mean like it was really difficult for us to talk in the abstract because we were just like well yes of course it would be an amazing thing to do and I think he really felt that as well but he was just like I just can't imagine us doing this now like I can't imagine like I can't say to you like yes it's okay like come home tomorrow and be like I'm doing this because ultimately it's your decision and I would support you but that just again feels like there's there's so much going on for both Mm. of us. And I think it felt for him like just overall too much of a risk at this moment. Especially because you had already decided among, between you that you weren't going to have any more yeah, kids. Yeah, for many of the same reasons. Yes. Yeah. So, like it just, I mean, I, I can understand it from his point of view. I think he was just a bit like, but why? Yeah. Would you put us all through that right now? And I, I like, I got that. Like, I think he, it ha- he does also have to like protect our like family unit. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the funny thing about it is, Matthew would feel similarly if the shoe were on the other foot. Mm. Matthew would be protecting my interests because yeah. that's his job. Because I, I kind of like you go, yeah, okay, I'll do this. I'll, yeah. you know, I'll do something that means I. Have and to then they're the ones that pick up the pieces. Absolutely, for us. yeah. They both and, are like that in yeah, our relationship. It's true. They are, and they end up. <laughs> Get, being the ones getting shouted at when we've committed to something. Exactly, that, and that's what I kind of was envisaging and I know that that's what would happen and I just thought, I don't want to be that person. Like, no. I don't want to do that. But also, like, what a circumstance for us to be going through that together, like me just yeah. being resentful. I don't know if that's the right word. It's not yeah. the right word, but, like, you know, this should be something that comes out of, like, joy. Absolutely. And I think that was the... That was one of the other things that really stayed with me when I spoke to Paul, the journalist. What he said was, you know, the great thing about the organisation that they used was that the people they were meeting had already decided they wanted to be surrogates. And and that really stuck with me because it made me think, wow, that would make the conversation, that would make all of this so much easier. Yeah. Because you'd be like, oh, well, you just want to do it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And you will find that person, you know, hopefully. Yeah. If that's the, and then, like, it would just be wonderful. Can I say one thing? 
We said at the outset, and I, and I listened to this back recently, this part of what we'd recorded. You said, I know that if the shoe were on the other foot, you would do this for me. And I reflected on that because I said at the time, yeah, I think I would. I still think that's possible, but I don't think it's uncertainty, actually. Because if you said to me, like, right now, Mossin, you're going to have to be pregnant for nine months. I'd be like, no, I'm too busy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm moving to New York. And, but like, no, I'm too busy. I'm moving to New York. But then I thought about it. Okay, well, when would I have said yes? Because three years ago, I was writing a book. And a year ago, I was starting a new job. And 10 years ago, I was starting at a law firm. But, and, you know, like, yeah, and, but this is what I realised through talking to people. It's like, that's what they were saying. Like, we weren't having discussions about like... In theory, would it be nice? Exactly. Like, yes, it's wonderful. But they yeah. were like, no, I was at a time in my life when I had done all of these things. Exactly. And this was like the thing that was I wanted to do. And that was the mismatch. I was like, I kept questioning, like, why don't I feel like that? Yeah. And I realized it's not because of surrogacy. It's just because... Of time. Of time. Yeah. I think, and, and I think the reason I've just said what I said is because that part of your letter really resonated with me. It's actually, I'd never really thought about that. Because it's not a question in the abstract. Like, yeah, a question in the abstract, we can both just say yes right now. It's much easier for me to say yes, obviously. And I would, because it would be amazing. Right? Yeah. Of course it would be. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say my, uh, yes to anyone else. So <laughs> before my, anyone else suggests that I do this. So, yeah, I, th- I feel like, I feel good because I feel like you have understood where I'm coming from. Oh. And I didn't want you to like go away thinking like oh no god no I mean to be honest like I feel I feel like because seeing you upset is hard well I'm not upset about this okay good because I'm I don't, not upset I don't like about that. this I was just you know yeah but I don't like the idea of you being upset at all actually regardless of whether it's about this don't or not cry now I know I just don't <laughs> the overwhelming feeling that I feel right now is just gratitude I don't like you know fine well, you don't have anything to thank me for I haven't done anything but you have, you've, you've, you know, the way that you talked about this process, this podcast, the way it's maybe made you have to focus your mind, reflect on your experiences. I think it's done that for me too. Yeah. Well, no, but you definitely think you want children. I definitely want children. I definitely want, want to be a father. I want to share that love with Matthew. And I want to, like, I want to be in a family. And actually, even last Sunday, hanging around you and your daughter and your husband. And I mean... The only problem is I'm not sure that any child that I produce is going to be as adorable as your daughter. So I think the best thing I could do as godparent to your daughter is to bump you and your husband off and then just keep her because she's awesome. That is an option. I know. I mean, that's probably my my best option. I guess it's kind of nice just to think about then what like the future, like the immediate future holds then for both of us. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. I'm moving to New York in like two, three weeks. (laughs) It's been a really emotionally charged time. You know, COVID has been hard on everybody. These conversations in the backdrop of us getting married and moving house and moving country, but also like, to be completely honest, there are some divorces going on in my family and there's just been a lot. And I think what I'm really looking forward to is going to New York and shutting that door to the apartment that we rent, it's going to be a rabbit hutch because everything's expensive there. But, you know, shutting that door and just going, okay, I don't have anything to think about. And I think that for at least a year, we're not going to think about children. 
And one of the other ways in which I am relieved is that if you had said yes, but it has to be soon, you know, I've said yes now, then we have to get on with it. Then as soon as we touched down in America, we would have had to think about like, how does all this work? And, you know, how do we make sure that you're getting the tests that you need and all of that stuff? Like it would have just been this onslaught. And obviously, like, you know, I don't have to carry the child, so it's not as difficult for me. Yeah, yeah, no, but I know what you mean. But I'm really looking forward to having a bit of space. And that's really nice to hear, because I think as your friend, that's what I also think you need to do. Right now, yeah. And just to do that. And yeah, I think that's good. And I think this, actually, weirdly, this process has helped me clarify the fact that I also just need to, like, accept that, okay, some things haven't worked out like I thought they were going to work out but again like everything is fine what's everything next everything is good I think I just want to have some like I feel like our daughter is like two and a half and she has been a big part of the last couple of years but there's finally this nice like rhythm to our lives and I think mm. I have not stopped to enjoy that and I think I just want to enjoy that like a bit and the same like not have something else to think about yeah and I, I like I know how that sounds but I I think I need to like sometimes just stop and be like no just like enjoy what is going on now because you don't know how long it's going to last for. so it feels quite maybe I do feel a bit of relief actually I don't yeah. know if you asked me that but I did maybe I do but also she is just joyous well, she's also like at a nice age. Like it's quite, things are quite fun. And I do just want to enjoy that for her. Like I want to en- like yeah. enjoy who I am. And, and she's what... mischievous like you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that feels nice as well. So you have your decision. We have our decision. Well, it didn't take long at all, did it? <laughs> I don't know what we do now. Thank you for going on this journey with me. I've really enjoyed it. It's been nice. Yeah. I think it's also been, it's it's actually sad in a way because like, as we've said, like sometimes we haven't been in each other's lives that much and we've been in each other's lives quite a lot. Yeah. Anyway, the last couple of years, but then particularly also maybe through doing this. And there is a sadness to it because now you're leaving. The weird thing is, I don't know whether the podcast has done this or whether this, I think this is probably happening anyway, but... So you know how when we were at university and we had this like formative experience because we were growing up? Mm. I feel like we have come back together at a moment in time where we're going through another burst of growth. Yeah. We're going from being young adults to being adults, proper adults, and like parenting and looking at what midlife will look like. And I think that we've come back together at just the right time. But I don't. I don't want that to mean goodbye. No, I know. I'll see you, you in another five years when something else. Well, maybe we will be like that, but then we'll be fine. That's the thing. We'll just be fine, and I'll see you in five years' time. You'll don't come back that. with your like rabble of children. We'll have to start all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's nice, actually. Thanks for listening to Tiny Huge Decisions Season 1. Tiny Huge Decisions is a Chalk and Blade production for APM Studios. At Chalk and Blade, the executive producer is Ruth Barnes. 
The showrunner and story editor is Louise Mountain. And the producer and sound designer is Matt Nielsen, with original music by Ian Chambers. Special thanks to Jason Phipps. At APM, the executive producer is Erica Krauss. The senior production manager is Nick Ryan. And the executives in charge are Joanne Griffith, Alex Shaffert and Chandra Kavati. With thanks to Dahlia, Mossin and Matthew. Matthew.